Welcome, welcome, welcome to Basketball Heads Live. I'm your host, Glenn Poole Harding. And tonight, we have a very special guest. This basketball head is a Mary Bertram High School great. She also was an all-city and all-state performer. First team, all-Manhattan. First team, all-state as a junior and senior. She was also Manhattan Player of the Year in the senior season. As one of New York City's top high school players, she was named to the ESPN Rise National Invitational All-Star first team as a senior. Just when we thought she was done, she left Mary Bertram to four straight city championships and the state championship in 2008. After high school, this basketball head attended Cleveland State University, home of New York City great Mousy McFadden. For those of you that remember, and those of you that don't, now you know. At CSU, this basketball head finished her college career with 1,584 points, making her sixth in Cleveland State's record books. I told you she was a walking bucket. After college, she made a mark in Finland, repping New York City like she always does, with style and that deadly jump shot. Swish. So without further ado, help me welcome to the show, Mary Bertram Great and Cleveland State University legend, Corey Coleman. Y'all ready? Y'all ready? ready? Yes. 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 You have you just stepped out into, into, into the world, world of... Chaos. Chaos. Where everybody, Where everybody goes, goes hard. hard. Come on, come on. Go hard, 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 go home. Never back down. You gotta hold your own. Go hard, go hard, go hard, go hard, go hard, go hard, go hard. East Coast, go hard. West Coast, go hard. Midwest, go hard. Everybody get online, buy your tickets, because the game about to start. Uh, what's happening? What's happening? What's happening? Not much. Not we much. had some light before. What happened to the light? We, we had some good light there before. I don't know. Oh, okay. I know. This is better? Ah, uh, yeah. I'm yeah. closer there to it. Go. Okay. See? There you go. <laughs> ah, perfect. Perfect. Welcome to the show. Thanks. Thanks for having me. Oh, no, nah, no, nah, no doubt. I've been trying to get you on for a while, right? Yeah. <laughs> so let me, let me tell you the story. Uh, I posted you last year sometime. And when we was putting the intro together, I was just like, you know, I, I got to make sure I get a female from Bertram in there like that. Nice. You know, who kind of represent what New York City is about. And there you go. So my guy, Atif, saw it. He was like, yo. Yeah. That's my homegirl. <laughs> right? And then we'll go back. Uh, a co-worker of mine also coached you, Harry McClendon. Oh, okay. Harry McClendon. Yes. Yeah, yeah. Yes. Yeah. Cool. I got coached so that's by everybody. For everybody else. <laughs> <laughs> so I just like to ask everybody who come on the show, who introduced you to the game? Who introduced me to the game? My brother and all the guys on the block. <laughs> Oh, okay, so you were schooled by the dudes. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I came, uh, I'm from Queens. I play at the park called the Bellow. 
and that's that's pretty much how I got introduced to it. You know, it was right around the corner. I would walk by. Everybody's in that middle court. And what what park was it again? I didn't hear that. What park was it again? Uh, the Bello. The Bello. Yes. Yeah. I, I did a feature there. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, yeah. That's that's my park. So. I think I was introduced there. I saw people playing. I knew I wanted to play basketball. Of course, I wasn't good enough at first, so right. I make sure I got good enough so I can play on that court. <laughs> yeah, I um, oh, I interviewed uh, what's my man? Now? I want to forget his name. I'm gonna come back to that. Uh, oh, oh, uh, Coach Roberts at Kansas State, right? Because oh. he's from that area. Yeah, right? he grew up playing that park. Anthony Mason grew up playing that park. Yep. You know, Alvin Rich, Boo Harvey. So Yeah, I heard all the greats come from my park. It's amazing. Oh man, the bellow. That's <laughs> just what it's about, definitely. Yeah. Yep. yep. So who are some of your biggest influences outside of the guys, you know, that you was playing with, like in your life? Um, biggest influencers coming up. Um my first coach named Mark from Martin DePores. That's how I met, you know, I teach that's how I met like everybody. I was literally playing basketball hold on, hold on. on my block. So all, all my coworkers kind of coached you in some kind of way. Right. Mark as well, because I'm still at Martin Dupore. Really? Yes, I work at the yeah. high school. Yeah. That, yeah. That's exactly where I started, though. I was playing on my block, and Mark was driving by. He was like, we have a, we have a tournament. We have a, you know, a team. Come, come play. I'm wearing a red velour basketball suit. had no basketball shorts, and I was playing in some uptowns. And... I was like, okay, I'll come play. And then I was like, oh, I like this. This is nice. So that was the first time I was actually like on a team was at Martin DePores. Okay. So yeah. how was that first game and what was it like? Oh, I mean, everyone was calling me a ringer. I mean, I, I did have my growth spurt at a young age. <laughs> I'm short now, but I was tall for back then. Right, so, right. Um, I mean, I was just like, they put me on a block. I was just layup after layup after layup. And then the next time they asked for my birth certificate. <laughs> so you was you was kind of a natural. Uh yeah, I just knew you throw the ball at the top of the square, it goes in. So <laughs> <laughs> that was my skill set at the time. Listen, you tell kids that listen, that's the easy bucket. That's how Tim Duncan became a Hall of Famer. Right. Exactly. Right. And won all those championships. So simpler better. <laughs> so when you was coming up, who was the best player in your neighborhood? The best player in my neighborhood at the time coming up, ooh, I would have to say this guy named Wells from the park. Uh, it's some park guy named Wells, and he was just dunking all over the place, and no one could beat his team. And I'm just like, oh my gosh, I got next. <laughs> I'm playing next. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Wow. So while, while most of the girls is playing against each other. You was outside battling against the guys, making your game sharper. Yeah, exactly. You know, I have an older brother and, you know, I wanted to tag along. Um, the couple of kids on the block, you know, I consider them like family now. And, you know, I, it was either double dutch or basketball. And I like double dutch, but, you know, after you go three or two, four times, you know, they're done. So the rest of the day, you play basketball. That's dope. And you did it so well. <laughs> So I had Natasha artist up here last week. I don't know if you caught that show. No, I wasn't able to catch that one. Yeah, I had her on, and we talked about, like, the dominance of August Martin and Mary Bertram back then, right? Yeah. And, and you was a part of that Mary Bertram uh, group. What was it like 
or what did it mean to you to, you know, be a part of that tradition? Um, going into Bertram, I knew the tradition. Uh, I just, I would look up schools that were winning because I'm so competitive. I'm like, well, I want to go to a school that's winning too. And, you know, I, I wanted to go to Christ the King, but they're like, I got to go on a freshman JV. And I'm like, whoa, like, that's too much. I just want to play basketball. <laughs> so yeah, once I got the school for you. Right, exactly. So once I got the Bertram, I tried out for the team. The girls were nice. I was like, wow, they're really good. I started to realize who was who and what the program actually was. And I'm like, this is where I belong. Like, I belong to be a part of this, you know, this team, this family. And, you know, the tradition of keeping it up was it's years already going in. So I definitely wanted to be a part of that. And as years go by, freshman, sophomore, your role changes and it gets more important. And, you know, you just want to make sure you keep that tradition alive. Yeah, because, you know, when I was coming up at, at Lincoln uh, in the 80s, August Martin was running things, right? Yeah. And then once I graduated from college, Bertram just ran the city forever. And then now you have South Shore, right? Because, like, the tide kind of changes a little bit. Right. It's so crazy how, like, it just changes like that. You know, I heard of Francis Lewis, August Martin, you know, yeah. Bertram long run let's see if south shore can keep that up no <laughs> <laughs> they're, they're, those girls are good they have like a little basketball factory going on at south shore. Hey, listen first of all have you ever been to south shore yes i used to play in those tournaments there <laughs> south shore is huge yeah now that they have like eight schools in there they they can have they picking yeah know, of the girls yeah it's, it's crazy everyone's traveling to play at that school i mean Anwar's a great coach. I played against him. And yeah, I mean, if you want a good coach, go to South Shore. You know, he's one of the one of the best in the city right now. <laughs> yeah, definitely, definitely. So you guys was part of that cultural shift, right? Because it was a time where, you know, it wasn't a lot of attention given to females. No. Right? And you guys kept winning, kept winning, kept winning. And showing people that wasn't a fluke and that you guys are putting out, you know, high-level Division One players, you know, WNBA stars, players that played overseas, uh, countless uh, females. Right. And then, you know, you have South Shore now, you know, could get a, you know, McDonald's All-American, you know, as well and kind of do some of the similar things. And if they keep it going, they can reach you guys' level. Yeah. But you guys were the ones who kind of shifted the culture. This is why uh, being part of that tradition just means so much to New York City. Yeah, you know? it does. I mean, even the way the PSAL is ran now, they changed the way the the, the top, you know, double A is because of us. Because, um, you know, it, we were, I guess people would think that we're running through all the Manhattan and Bronx schools and then we meet up in Brooklyn and we're like, maybe if Bertram plays them earlier, it could be more competitive and stuff. So they definitely, we definitely did a, a lot to change that culture. Also, you know, coaches were, they got bigger with training and bringing up middle school players. So it's definitely, it's definitely nice. Yeah, people, I'm telling you, because me being on the sidelines and watching, I can imagine how everybody else is feeling. Right. You know, damn, they're going to win again. You already know what's going to happen. Everyone hated us. <laughs> but that comes with the territory. Listen, I'm from Lincoln, right? We're the guys who set it off in 86, winning that first one, right? And then, you know, from there, it's history. Right. Uh, 
but it, it comes with the territory. It does. And it's not easy. People think it's easy. It's not easy to win back to back to back to back to back. And you guys did it so long, it's crazy. It was just right. John Lincoln. Like every year, it's like you knew who was going to win. Exactly. And I mean, so, we had that chip on our shoulder because they're like, they're only good because Epiphany Prince. Well, Epiphany Prince isn't here anymore. They're only good because of Shannon. But I'm like, well, these players aren't here anymore. You know, we're a different crew. So it's every year it was something different about everything. So, I mean, I'm happy that we were able to prove ourselves individually and as a team. Um, a lot of people didn't really have as much faith in, in, you know, Coach G. He's a great coach. You know, taught us the importance of defense. Not many coaches are doing that. They just want you to score. So, yeah, big ups to Coach G. <laughs> that was gonna be my next. That was gonna be my next question. You know, Coach G, yeah. legendary New York City legend, right? Yep. Let me tell you, y'all have so many legends that come out of there because. Us guys, we get the legend tag quick, right? A guy do a few things in the park or have a great high school career, and they like, you know, it's legendary. And it's a lot of them. It's a lot of guys. The, the top, they have like the top five New York City high school females ever. They don't have yeah. like a list like top 20, top 60, top 100. <laughs> no one's creating this list. Right, exactly. So I mean, I don't know. It's just it's just crazy how it all just kind of fell into. It didn't like fall into my lap, you know, because you know, Coach G again. Like we were already like you know, diamond in the rough kind of girls. We were good, but like we just needed that one coach. You're like, all right, cool. Like you're gonna be more competitive than everybody. You're gonna play defense and you're gonna score the ball. Like, yeah, a lot a lot went into that. A lot. Why did he never went go into like the college ranks? Um, the thing about Coach G and I, and I love it to death because I don't think I would be the person that I am if it wasn't for him and his competitiveness. And winning becomes so addictive. It's just like I win again, I win again, I win again. Oh, I'm winning again. Like I'm not going anywhere. I'm gonna keep winning until I get knocked off. And once he got knocked off, he's gone. <laughs> he moved on. <laughs> You know, Listen, my coach, uh, Bobby Hartstein, he retired uh, after Steph made it to the NBA. It was just like he got one in the league and that was enough. And he handed the reins over to Tiny, you know. So, mm -hmm. look, those great coaches come, you know, once in the blue. Yeah, exactly. So, Bertram, Bertram opened the door for a lot, even the importance of college, because, I mean, I didn't really, like, I wasn't really big on, like, school. I mean, I was always a good honor student. I was in all the AP classes and stuff. Right. I did exceptional in school, but I didn't think about, like, okay, I'm going to go to a four-year university and play Division One. But at Bertram, they implanted head, like, you're going to get recruited, you're going to get a free scholarship, and this is how we're going to do it, you know? So, and again, the girls who... We're winning the first, the second, and the third championships. They're paved the way for us, too, because now we're having these open practices where the schools they go to and, you know, the noise that we're making nationally, those coaches are coming to our practices to watch us play in our game because a lot of these girls, like, we're inner city kids. Some of us can't afford to play AAU. Uh, you know, it's all a popularity contest in some ways. You know, I didn't start playing AAU until my sophomore year in high school. So... You know, Bersham paid a lot for, you know, as a student athlete, not just as an athlete.
Who did you play for on the AAU side? Uh, I played for Rock Rosa at New Heights. Uh, you know, New Heights and Exodus are like the powerhouses for the girls' side. And, yep. of course, since we're like one of the best in the city, of course, half the girls are going to be with New Heights or Exodus. So um, a lot of the girls like, hey, come play with us and for the summer. I'm like, okay, cool, I'll come, you know. And, you know, the coach let me come. They have one spot. He's like, we'll see how the practice is. And, and if your grades are good for this quarter, you can play with us. So, again, it's about grades and it's about, you know, getting along with the team and not just your talent. So, yeah, I played for New Heights up until, you know, I graduated basically. Okay, okay. Who are some of the girls that was on those championship teams that you can remember? Uh, at Bertram? Yes, let's let's show them some love. Um, I had Doris Otega from Harlem. Uh, yeah, she was a bucket. CC Dixon, you know, another Queens native. She lived right up the block from me. Uh, we had Shakora Washington from you know, oh, she's a Jersey native originally. Uh, we had Shanae Williams, another Queens girl, you know, right from Jamaica. Bucket. Wow. Uh, who, do, who else did we have? We had uh, Sh Shanika Smith. She went and go she ended up going to a uh, Temple. Uh, Ashley Gomez, you know, another one from Brooklyn, ended up going to Division One also. Which we just had, we had a lot. Yeah. How many players were in Division One on your team when it, when you was a senior? When I was a senior, the whole starting five we were being recruited by Division One. And Ashley Gomez was the first one to commit out of all of us. She committed to Kamisha's. And I mean, that that her committing first and early was like, okay, let's just time to put the, you know, she put the battery on our backs, legit. So I, I was a late bloomer, me and Shanika, we didn't commit to our schools until like the last like few weeks of like high school. <laughs> so, okay, okay. Yeah. So now, being one of the top girls in the city, you know, you got that X on your back. Everybody's right. looking get at you, you know, get at your team. And I know you have other girls out there that was nice on other teams. Yeah. Who else did you nice. bust? Who nice. else did you bust to let uh, you know? Nah, don't let me do that. You, me you do was that. one of the top girls in the city. This is this is one of the questions I ask everyone. Uh, so man. it's just not like, you, you know. Uh, well, you know, we played against a lot of the, a lot of the girls all over the country because we were nationally ranked. You know, I played Kalina Mascow Lewis, Alyssa Thomas, you know, they're all in WBA. Uh Bria Smith, Ariel Edwards from Price the King. Mm. We played against we played against Brianna Stewart, upstate for state championship. Um we played South Shore. They had, you know, Jasmine, Tatiana. They had they South Shore was always good. It's just at the time they weren't where they were. If that right, makes sense. Right, right, right. You know, they were like right there. They paid those girls paved the way for South Shore now. So, um, yeah, everyone from Christ the King, I can't, I don't remember exactly everyone, but, you know, Christ, Christ the King, the South Shore, Dave King, Truman, they Love had a girl, Another tough crew, yeah. Yeah, it was, it was intense. It was intense. You had the Long Island schools, you know, uh, Long Island Lutheran. You had Bria Hartley at uh, North Babylon, Aisha Walker from Copag and, and Gabby. I mean, it, it was a lot. I mean, you know, the city's right. big. <laughs> right right what was your best game at Bertram my best game at Bertram would be uh the JFK Invitational mm -hmm. uh we played against a school from Newark I think it was either Shabazz or I think I believe it was Shabazz from New Jersey and you know I was I was a senior and they were trying to figure out what we we're going to do for the season how we we're going to be good how we we're going to keep the legacy and we had all the coaches there saying I was timid and 
at the end of that game, I had everyone saying she's she's the best in PSAL. And I'm I'm like, you know, we, we all can put on on our team. We just had to wait our turn, basically. You know what I mean? Right. Yeah. So it was, it was intense. <laughs> yeah, I'm looking at uh, something your, uh, your coach said about you, about how hard of a worker you were. Right? Right. And it said uh, when you guys guided them to the 13th straight city championship like what the how <laughs> how many how many city championships did you guys win all together uh, i believe they got uh i think they made it to 15 yeah well, they made it to 15 <laughs> do you know who's the the most winningest program in new york city history on the girls side or, or all together just all together psl catholic school Persia? Who won the most championships? Oh, we did. No. <laughs> Francis Lewis? No. August Yeah, y'all won, y'all won uh, I think one more than us. Uh, oh, Lincoln. No, we're not, and we're not the top. Mm -mm. The top uh program that got the uh most championships is the Wick Clinton with 18. Oh wow. Yes. And so that was, was they're in AA also? Clinton. Excuse yeah, me? Clinton. They're in AA PSL too, yeah? Well, back then it was just A, you know. Oh, okay. A lot of their stuff, a lot of their uh, championships it was for way back in the days. Right. But, you know, it all counts. Yeah, so, it counts. It all counts. But, um, yeah, I'm telling you, someone needs to do a history because I'm trying to keep up with the females. Like okay. I want I need to get more females on the show. It's not a problem with me getting a guy. Right. Right. But I think females are not represented as much. Right. And I think that's in all cases. So right. I want to do my part, right? And bringing on more females. If you can help me out, reach out to your peoples, the people that you came up with and then they'll reach out to other people. Because how you get in the show is when you come on the show you get to nominate people. Oh, nice. To be on the show. Okay. Right? So that, that, that works. But I definitely want to do that. For sure. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. I already know who I want, too. <laughs> right, right. Who I want to nominate. <laughs> That's cool. That's cool. Yeah. So, and I, I had to bring you on because, have you saw the intro to the show yet? Uh, The intro to the show? Yeah, I did. I did. Okay, okay. Cool, yeah, yeah. cool, cool. I did a little research. I went through the page and stuff. You know, I had to. Okay, okay. <laughs> All right, cool, cool, cool. So, let's talk about uh, those three state championships. Okay. Right? Yeah. Because I know there was some bumps in the road up in Glen Falls. Yeah. Uh, uh, where, where do you guys play your state championships at? The same place up in Glen Falls? Yeah, Falls, we travel up with the guys team. Uh, every uh, yes. year, around between Lincoln and Boys and Girls. Right. For the guy side when I was coming up. So who did you guys play those three years? And walk me through it. Uh whew, these names. I think it's Cicero Norse, that's where Brianna Stewart went. That was my senior year. And then we played Nazareth in the championship when Nazareth came up. Um we played against Christ the King in the state championship. We played against uh 
Ooh, some school from Rochester. I don't I don't remember the I don't remember that team. That's the team we beat in the state championship. And okay. Yeah, so yeah, we played uh Central North and they're from Syracuse. We played a Rochester team. We played Nazareth, uh Christ the King. Yeah, yeah, that's what we played. Now now when you guys go up, do you guys get like a buy every other year? Something like that? Do you guys switch like the guys? Yeah, it's like every two years or every other year or something like that. And um, we had to buy my junior year, I believe. And yeah, we had to buy it in our, in our junior year. We played against Christ the King that year. And then senior year, we had to play against Central North. And then we met up with Nazareth. Nazareth had to buy. And then my first year, I believe, I don't remember for sure. I believe we had to buy my first year. So my first year and my junior year. Isn't it, like, better to have the buys instead of have to play three games in a row? No. You don't, you don't think so? No. So, like, from my experience playing in states, I mean, when you're playing for states, you have these teams who are playing. So, they're already, they're already in the playoffs. Like, they're, they're going hard. They're, they got the momentum already, and they win. So, the momentum is higher than yours. You're resting. You know, you're eating pizza. You know, you're relaxing. Like, yeah, I'm already in the state championship. I think – um, not for everyone for the case, but for the most part, I think the girls who you play that first game, the first, second game to get to the championship, you have a bigger chip on your shoulder because you get that much closer opposed to having to buy and already being in the championship. So you're kind of like relaxing. So I definitely not a big fan of the buy. And I think, okay. uh, yeah, yeah, I'm not a big fan of the buy. Okay. All right. Fair enough. Yeah. What was your, what was your recruiting process like? Um, my recruiting process was a lot different than others. Again, I was at Bertram. So when I came in, I was behind a lot of McDonald's on Americans and, you know, players who already had the spotlight. So I had, I really had to wait my turn and my turn was my junior year, my junior, senior year. And, um, I first went to Blue Williams because again, I'm a late bloomer on the AAU circuit. And I went to Blue Williams. I'll never forget. They were like, who is this girl? I came back home. I had Delaware, Delaware State, Howard, Iona, James Madison. Uh, I was getting interest from Stony Brook, uh, Canisius. I was getting a lot of, you know, good looks. But they also changed the clearinghouse rules on the math points. And because I was in the AP math my first year, I already took the region. So I was like, oh, I'll just take trigonometry, you know, just cruise through. But they're worth half a point. So now all the schools that were recruiting me started to back out. Like she won't even you know pass the clearinghouse. So I took a lot of math classes my junior, a lot of math classes. Um, I still was unsigned. I went to Williams unsigned senior showcase, and that's where I met you know Coach P, my coach from Cleveland State. And it was a live recruiting process. She called me after my game while she was in the gym. It's like, yeah, we have a starting spot for you. Of course, it didn't work out that way when I got there. But I, you know, being at Bertram, I didn't start until my junior year. So I was like, yeah, I'm, any school that says start in my name, oh, yeah, I'm there. So that's that's how it went. And I signed, like, to go to Cleveland State, like, in late May. And the next month, I was in Cleveland State. So it wasn't, it wasn't did, easy. It was a you, bit stressful. You didn't, visit any, you didn't visit any place, any other schools? Um, I did an unofficial visit at Iona. I did an official visit at Stony Brook. Um... And then I took an official at Cleveland State, and at Cleveland State, that's when I was I realized like I'm going to Cleveland State. Gotcha. Yeah. Gotcha. What what transition did you make orbiting off the court when you got to Cleveland State? 
Um, so the transition I had to make was, you know, um, I come from a public school in New York City and, you know, the budgets isn't, weren't, weren't the best. I don't know how they are now, but, you know, I didn't have a weight room or anything. So I definitely had to get my weight up when I first got to Cleveland State. I think Bershon prepared me for the competitiveness, but I was also naive that you might lose a game. You know, I never got accustomed. Like, okay, like you do your thing on the court, you win, just outscore them. But you have veterans, like they know how to you know, pick you apart on the pick and roll and they know how to steal you on a screen. And uh, we were losing. I was just like, what is this? Like losing, like, oh my goodness, it was so stressful. But then after that year, I realized what needed to be done for sure. Yeah, because I was checking you out on my guy Fleroy's show. You know, salute to him. Yeah. Um, and, and I remember you talking about that, right? Right. Uh, like the transition of winning all the time to going to a place where you're not winning as much. Right. I had to humble myself real quick. And of course, I'm the New Yorker. You know, we, everyone has like the stigma about New Yorkers. Like, who's this cocky New Yorker who keeps calling me son? I'm like, Ah oh, man, like oh my coach made me run for saying son. I think she got that out of my vocabulary after my like first summer there. And <laughs> um, I can imagine I can imagine you calling somebody son right now. Here. Oh man. <laughs> or you know, like us New York guards, we're a little bit on the you know yeah, spicier yeah, side. I'm like, and one stupid on the line. I'm like, what? You gotta add some, you know, some flair to it. But then I realized just play basketball, Corey. You don't gotta do all that talking and you're right. You're not my son. You're my sis. Okay. <laughs> For sure. Wow. So when did you start to come into your own and figure out the college game compared to high school? Um. So I'll never forget this. So again, my coach said, I'll be a starter. I get there. I'm the, la I'm the last person on the bench. The last person. Some games, I'm the only one who doesn't even play. So... I think it was after the four. We played against Fordham in the Bronx. I had my high school team, had my friends there, my family was there. I got three minutes, and I was livid. I'm like, yeah, this 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 isn't gonna happen. My coach is like, you come to practice and you take someone's spot and you'll you'll start. I don't know what I was on. I had some Space Jam juice. I don't know what it was. I was gunning for everyone at that practice, and I learned at that moment too because there are seniors on my team. I had a Shalonda Winton from Cleveland State. You know, she was. She was the girl on our team that we go to. If I can be her Robin and she was Batman, I learned that that was my place on the team. And then as I transitioned on the court with playing time, I started to, like, find my own, like, all right, cool. Like, she's going to find me in a cut, one point, two point. Now I'm averaging 10 points a game, you know. That, so that's gotcha. what kind of happened for me. Mm. And then you jumped up to averaging 15, 16 points. Right. Right? And let's yeah. talk about, hold on, hold on. Because I forgot to talk about this earlier. Who taught you how to shoot that shot the way you shoot it? <laughs> Honestly, it was playing with the guys. So, you know, I'm smaller and I'm a girl. So, you know, playing with the guys, you know, they'd be on you because it's like, oh, I got the girl on my team. Make your shots and play defense. And I had pressure because it's like, if I don't make my shots and we lose, I'm not getting back on this court. So... Um, I started making shots, you know, here and there. And then I started getting blocked a lot because everyone knew I was shooting. So my shot got quicker. I had a little pull-up game to it. And then um, that kind of established my shot a bit. And then Coach Scott from Cleveland State, he tweaked it a bit my first year. You know, he's like, hey, your shot's great. 
just stand straight up because it came natural for me. So once she did that tweak for me my freshman year that summer, my shot, it like it took it went on another level. So definitely shout out to Coach Scott. He's a great individuals coach for sure. Yeah. Do you think a, a lot of New York City guards uh, have a problem with the jump shot? On yeah. Because I know it's like that sometimes on the guard side. It's it's a hundred percent like that. I mean, it's it's flash. New York is so flashy. You know, you don't get you don't get the nickname on the court for just shooting. You get a nickname on the court for dropping somebody or making an and one layup or something. So, I mean, you really have to be a good shooter to get any type of recognition on the court in New York. So, I think it's our culture in the parks. You know, of course, the wind factor, the the way the parks are set up because we play in summer league tournaments that not a lot of people are able to develop a shot. So. Yeah, and Definitely. then you get to college, and everybody's in 2-3. You sit around, and you exactly. pass, and it's like, okay, what the hell do I do? I can't go against five people. Exactly, uh, and I was definitely somebody who was athletic and did layups. But also, like, I like to see the ball go in the rim, and a lot of people stopped short. I was just like, so I have a shot. Why would I make it hard? So I think that's what kind of, like, got me in that kind of mentality. It's like, I'm going to take whatever you give me. And in New York, they give you a jump shot like it's nothing because they know you're going to dribble in. So that definitely shaped how I became like a shooter. Yeah, I, I always told dudes, I'm 6'6". Six, six, and dudes, I come to court and dudes think I'm a big man. And be like, oh, shit, he can dribble and he can shoot? What yeah. The <laughs> right? it, it just makes you a little bit more dangerous. And, you know, I'm a defensive guy as well, so... I didn't like no one that get a free shot. Right. Because I didn't know whether you could shoot or not. Like, I'm not going to wait to see after you get hot. Then want to play some defense so you'd be like, oh, shit, they could shoot now. Right. And I think that's what a lot of people in New York, you know, probably did to you. Mm -hmm. Especially, you know, when you came back and, and that jump shot was just like fire. Just like, okay, now what I'm going to do with them. Right, exactly. So then that's when I got more creative because it's like, all right, yeah, I can shoot, but. I only was shooting because y'all were giving me the shot. I've always had a, like a little fake layup package. You know, I, a lot of people say I have fake handles because I'm not going to mix you, but I'm not going to turn it over and I'm going to get to where I have to go. So that's what kind of made me more difficult in the New York side. It's like, all right, cool. Now we're not going to give her the shot. But she is a typical New Yorker. Like she can get to the basket. You know what I mean? So, yeah. <laughs> if, if you got good enough handles to get to the hole, your handles is real. That's all you need. That's all you need. As long as you can get to the basket. I don't care how you get there. You just got to get there. There you go. Because right. people got the handles and, and it's out of bounds or kicked off the foot. The desk don't count. We not Exactly. That. That, that doesn't count. Or someone's just taking it from you and you dribble in front of them. Yeah. <laughs> well, so. What's some of your best moments at Cleveland State? And, and, hold on. And is Mousy McFadden still celebrated down there? Yeah, of course. Okay. So I was the first female from from New York to play in, the, in their program ever. And that's all I heard. Like, yeah, we had a New Yorker come through. He was the first, you know, McFadden, McFadden, McFadden. He was nice. You, you New Yorkers are different, you know. You guys are spunky and firecrackers. I'm like, y'all knew me for a day. You're talking like McFadden. I'm like, oh, okay, <laughs> all right, all right. So, um, yeah, yeah. yeah, definitely, definitely. He, he was the older guy coming up and, you know, uh, he played for our AU program at the Madison Square Broncos. I got to see him, you know, firsthand. And then some of the things he did at Cleveland State was amazing. Amazing, yeah. Like, they they, they still celebrate him there, for sure. Cool, cool. So, now you're wrapping up at Cleveland State. What do you do after you leave Cleveland State? Right. 
So, of course, you know, everyone evaluates you in New York. Everyone evaluates you as a basketball player. And the one thing that I heard was um, she's short. She's a short uh, shooting guard. Like, she's a scorer. She's not a point guard. Um, she'll never be able to make it to the WBA or to the, you know, in New York, you always have to go to the Big East. And I ended up at Cleveland State. And because I wasn't in the Big East, I would never get noticed or seen or anything like that. And in my head, I was like, well, I still want to play professional. I just don't know how I'll get there. And what are the steps? So um, I actually got invited to a, the one of the combines that they have during the Final Four. And, I mean, I just did what I had to do. I mean, you know, it's always tough playing in combines. It's like an all-star game. You don't touch yeah. the ball. You have, you have <laughs> maybe, maybe two minutes to, to, to figure out something, you know. But the way you carry yourself on the court and as a teammate, a lot of people uh, see that. So uh, I met my first agent there, and I signed with him after I graduated. And the day I graduated, I was speaking to teams in Germany and Finland. Uh, I, was, I, was, I was speaking to teams all over. And it kind of happened all quick. Like, honestly, it happened so quick. I was like, oh, my gosh, like, this is really going to happen. So, yeah, that's, that's how it kind of, like, transitioned on. And then I went over my first year in Finland. And that's a different ballgame. So I wasn't ready for that. <laughs> wow, wow. Listen, yeah. I, I want to shout out my guy, Michael Blissett. Uh, my guy Jason, uh, Blissett yeah. brother, he coaches at uh, Cardoza. Nice. He said Corey grew up on my block across the street. He's like, he was across yeah, the street. Yeah. His daughter China. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yep. it's crazy. Yes, small. Yes. I saw. I tell you, people, it's always good to be a good person. Right. You never know who somebody that you know of knows course. you. Yeah, that's that's true. I always tell people that. Like you have to be nice to everybody. Treat everyone on the same level. I don't care where you're from. If you're the janitor and you're a pilot, like it doesn't matter. Treat everyone the same way. Yep, yep. Speaking on the the combine, I learned that lesson uh, going to BC uh, All Star Camp, right? Because the mindset that we go to the these camps, we want to show the college scouts we can play. We have right. skills. We're not selfish. We can pass. And everybody else's mindset is. I'm chucking. It's about me. I and it's like you get the re reality check first day. I was like, okay, now yeah, go to yeah. And the way and the way it is too. I have such like a, a free spirit in mind about it. Like I just let the game come to me. I'm just like you know, if it if it if it happens, it happens. If it doesn't, it doesn't. I just know like my passion for basketball is I'm happy to be in a court. And if people can see that I'm happy to be in a court, and if I have to be the person to pass the ball for a winning shot or to get that defensive stop. Like, I'm going to do whatever you need me to do. And, like, I thank God every day that people notice that, you know, I, I do what needs to be done. And I am a very blue-collar player, a black-and-white kind of player. Like, you know, I drop somebody once in a while, but, you know, at the, at the most, I'm just trying to win. So I, I, I was happy that I was able to be seen in that light at a combine because, again, like, it's tough. It's real tough being at those combines. Yeah, everybody for themselves. Right. Yes, yeah, mm -hmm. I tell these girls, I, even now, like, you know, I tell some girls who are coming up, I'm like, you got to understand, like, it's not just about you. Like, you have to be a teammate. So they're not they're not evaluating your your talent. They're evaluating what you bring to a team. So even if you're on the bench, you're the loudest. You know, if you're a leader on the court, you know, little Chris Paul, I know y'all saw the game today. Chris Paul. But you know what I mean? Like, you, you just got to be a good teammate, and that's what's going to get you far, for sure. What What, what about Chris Paul? I mean, Phoenix had all the pieces to the puzzle, 
And, you know, we got, we got a new coach, you know, great coach. And Chris Paul gets there and he just changes it. He changes it. He changes a lot. And he makes, he makes, he opens the game. Like, um, I had a coach last year and what he did for me is like, he changed the game from 2D to 3D. So now you see the game in 3D. And that's what Chris Paul did to all those players in Phoenix. They weren't seeing that game in 2D anymore. They see it in 3D. They, they do other things for each other. You know, Booker's getting an assist now. Before, he was taking every shot, you know. It's a shame he's not an all-star. Yeah, yeah. It's a shame. But yeah. he's still young. You know, he got time. And we see what he's doing. <laughs> like I said, those people yeah. get noticed. They, they will get noticed, for sure. Yeah. So so what was Finland like besides being cold? Ooh, freezing. Um, so even the day I got there, because I averaged a lot of rebounds, the day I got the first comment the coach made was at the airport. It's like, oh, you're short. I was like, yeah. He's like, okay, all right. And um, uh, my transition there first, living-wise, I mean, if anyone's watching, if you go overseas, make sure you bring your own black hair products. And, you know, bring your black soap, because they're not going to have it there. And their Amazon isn't going to have it either. So that was one transition. And then um, another one was, you know, in college, you had coaches, you had strength conditioning coaches to get you, you had a schedule. There, that's your job, like, it's up to you to take care of your body. It's up to you to um, make sure you're eating healthy, make sure you do a good pregame, postgame meal. Like, you don't have people, like, babysitting you like they do in college. Like, if you don't get what you need to be done, they'll send you home and just bring somebody else. Other than college, you're they're investing in you in that program, so they have to babysit you, basically. So I think that was my biggest transition. And then play-wise, you know, it's more physical than college. Like, I said college is physical. I mean, over there, it's, it's physical. And my coach was like, you play too fast. So I think um, my style of play, you have, to, you have to adjust wherever you go. But overseas, you have to adjust to living, taking care of yourself. You become an adult, like, at that moment, once you get off that plane. You know, every response you do, post-game interviews. So I had a lot of learning to do on the court and off the court. So I think it was a very humbling experience for me. And I was able to, you know, adapt to it. And that's why I had a long career overseas. How many years did you play? Uh, six years. Uh, this year would have been my seventh. I did sign and go to Egypt. Egypt didn't work out. I was only there for two months. And then, you know, COVID kind of routed a lot of things for us athletes. So um, I'm in my seventh season, but I actually played a full season, six seasons. Wow. Right. What was your best place to play? Uh, my best place to play was in Germany. I was there for two seasons. <laughs> mm -hmm. And again, like... After Finland, it was hard for me to get a job, and uh, because of um, I wasn't I wasn't ready how I should have been ready. I went to Morocco, and I I, I the Westbrook came out of me. I was like, oh, I got a chip on my shoulder because I know I belong over there. So I think that changed my game. Where you have to be a dog. Like, there's not many Americans that go overseas to be professional players, and you're a part of like that zero that point zero five percent that goes overseas. So you have to be a dog. So um, I brought that energy overseas. I went to Luxembourg, averaged almost 30. I mm. kept that same energy, went to Germany. Germany was a lot tougher, you know, talent. A lot of German girls are bigger. They're faster. Hold on, 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 Yeah. You was averaging 30 in Luxembourg? 27, almost 30, 27. Ooh, still, that's still 30. That's still, it's tough. That's pro, that's on a pro level. Like, it's cute, right? We doing high school. You can right. put up some numbers in college. You do it at a pro level anyway. I tell people, people say all the time, but they ain't doing the league. But are you there? 
Right. Did you even play high school or college basketball? There's all those people who didn't play that yeah, don't know there's levels to this. Exactly. And that's what I tell people that now, even now, like, I'm going to say this now. Like, there's a lot of people who I play. I could have went overseas. I could have done that. I'm like, could you really? Like, it's more like it's a mental game out there. Like, I got to find black hair products. I got to find a way to get my hair done. I got to make sure I can read everything at the grocery store, make sure I'm buying everything. The language barrier, being the only black person in like a town sometimes. And then you got to go into court and kill. You don't see your family, your friends. You got to kill every day. So that that go hard there, or there. go home just like literally the, the, the intro song literally go hard and go home literally yeah so i again like i'm very appreciative about Goodbye. that yes right. yes <laughs> so i had, i had kim hampton up here right mm -hmm. and she said she spent like 13 or 14 before she even went to the WNBA overseas right, right. she's she spoke five four or five different languages on the show yeah. I was amazed. I was just like, wow. Did did you pick up any uh different languages while you was overseas? Um, I picked up small things, you know, uh mostly German. Uh I could read French, I could understand some French and I can, you know, order food in French and stuff sometimes. Um I played in two I was in Egypt and I also was in Morocco. So I like they speak um in Morocco they speak Arabic and French. And in Egypt it's Arabic. Uh, I think Finland was the hardest. You know, I just knew like three words in Finland for sure. Like that was hard. Okay, cool. So now I'm going to ask you, if you mind, could you speak a few of the languages that you know? Okay. Um, Keith Halik, uh, how are you in uh, Arabic? Um, uh, Sava, how are you in French? Um, Alice Gut, how are you in German? And Messi, thank you. Kitos in French is thank. I mean, in Finnish is thank you. Um, Danke, Danke schön is thank you in German. Arabic is shokran, thank you. Um, shwea, shwea in Arabic is slow, like go slowly or like slow or okay, like you know whatever. Um, Dunyan is like oh you're welcome. Guten Tag, um, schlaf gut, sleep good. Um, uh, Privet in Russian, I had a Russian roommate and a Slovakian roommate, so they kind of spoke. So Privet, Krasiva, uh, uh, Da, um, yeah, so. <laughs> that's dope, that's dope. Hold on, we gonna make some noise for that right there. That's that's official <laughs> right there. We gonna make some noise for that. Ah! <laughs> that's real right there. Yeah, I got you. Just yeah, like yeah to america we have to adapt to their places too and that's Definitely. another thing about being an overseas player that i explain people like who say oh i can easily go overseas i'm like you have to adapt to a whole different language a whole different culture you can't go in there being an ignorant american you know like expecting everyone to know your culture and your cult costume so i definitely as like a life lesson i think i understand people in America more, everyone's cultures are different, how people are brought up, how people are doing, how to respect other people and their cultures. And, you know, it doesn't hurt to learn a word or two with a friend. If you have a friend that's French, learn a word or two. It'll make them happy. It'll give them familiarity of home, you know? So I, I definitely stress that with a lot of people. You have to be open-minded. Definitely, definitely. You should, you should run a clinic for these girls <laughs> that want to go overseas. Right. That's what I'm trying Never to do. Overly known uh, ink. Uh, on Instagram, me and my friend um, were, you know, just 
con like I wouldn't say consulting, we're just helping others. Like if you need any advice, you know, I had a terrible situation in Egypt and if I could share my experiences and if I knew things that I know now, like I, I definitely want to let people know. And I believe it's very important that, you know, we do have females on these, you know, podcasts and uh, live so we can share experiences and we all learn from one another. Definitely, definitely. Please be my co-captain in that. <laughs> need that, need that, for sure. We got, so, we got to stay on here right now, Vanessa. I see you, girl. Hey, she's, she's a beast. Championship. Listen, ain't all the females that's on here, all the female ballers, hit me in my DM. We're going to make this happen. Right. For sure. I'm going to tag her right now. <laughs> yeah. So, my guy, LeBron Matt, right? Yeah. He, from Queens, he did all the things he needs to do to make his dreams happen to go overseas. Right. So he takes a trip out to, I think, to Germany. Nice. While he's on the plane, they're trying to get in contact with him to tell him that your services are not needed anymore. But he's on the plane. Gets to Germany. Yeah. No one's there to pick him up. And that's another problem that uh, a lot of players face. Even for me in Egypt, it didn't. It wasn't that bad. Like someone picked me up at the airport. That's for sure. But um, there are a lot of situations where you don't get paid. Your living situations are not up to par. And there's a breach in contract. And a lot of people, a lot of coaches, a lot of agents, they scare you into reporting them to FIBA or getting an attorney. And I stress this enough. Like. We're, we're risking our lives. Like, even some of the players in Israel, like, with the war going on right now, like, we're risking our lives to chase our dreams and fulfill your duties on a team. So we need to come meet us halfway, too. It's a business agreement. You know what I mean? So, I, I mean, I hope he went through FIBA for that because technically in contracts, if there's, there needs to be a reason why. They can't just terminate you for no reason. You haven't even got there yet. You haven't failed the test. You haven't failed. You didn't fail the little 14 or 7-day tryout period on a medical test or anything. You know, hopefully he got it. He was going there to sign the contract. Oh, he didn't sign the contract. Right. So he stayed out there. Okay. Got in contact with his contact. And his contact said, you need to go to the next city. Leron only had $100 on him because he thought that these people play by the rules and they'll have some money there. And that's another hard lesson. So story time for Egypt. So there were some American girls out there, no teams. There are fake agents or fake contacts that tell you to come out here and you'll try out for this team. They'll find you a contract and then they don't take care of you. They don't pick you up. They, they, they get you there with false hope. And a lot of us are so eager to be chase our dreams that we go out there so naive. And it's like, even for me with Egypt, like I, I kind of went there a little bit on a pre on a pre notion that things would of course go right but you have to check you have, you have to fact check everything you do and not just a basketball just everything fact check if you need to contact a previous player that dealt with this person then do that but don't just hop on a plane especially if you're playing paying for your own flight don't do that don't do it <laughs> but there's a happy ending because after he bought the ticket this ticket was $76 so he figured he have a couple of dollars left over. Nope. The chain from American and Euro, he got back $76. Mm. The exact amount it caused to go to the next city. Wow. Gets to the next city, he makes the team, and he plays in Europe for three years. 
and success. That's a great success story, but again, it doesn't work. It wasn't. It wasn't easy, but. Yeah, and of course, like I'm, I'm so happy that his resilience and you know his eagerness, like again, like it's a grind. Like it really is a grind. Even for those like uh, Vanessa's on here, she's having a combine for those who aspire to play overseas, and it's just a grind. It's a grind. You know, you want to be seen. You want to. You want to. You want to make it. You know what I mean? So definitely, definitely, like whew, so many, so many ways you can get overseas, and there's so many ways where you know it could be successful, or you can have a horror story. Like I'm never going. You know, so I've been blessed my years that everything's worked out for the most part like for sure well listen anytime you want to talk about a topic about the overseas experience and the lessons that players need to learn beforehand hit me up anytime and i'll set up a date and we'll rock out right yeah sure. of course i just want to help yeah. people I'm, of course like another conversation that a lot of us don't have is mental health and athletes across the water because you know, you don't go home to a family. You don't go home to your friends. You go home to uh, four, you know, four walls. Like, you, you know, sometimes it, you work out, you have great teammates, you have a great club, and other times you're, you're really just there working. So um, mental health is very important. And if anyone needs to talk to anyone, like just reach out to people, talk to people, figure it out. I know I had, a, I had my issues in Egypt and I almost was like, oh, I'm done basketball, you know, like, I had somebody who knew me for half a second my whole life made me want to quit basketball. So definitely have to have to check up on athletes overseas for sure. Um, who was this? Uh, Minnie, uh, my greatest, whatever. I can't really read your name because it's mad tiny. That's why I guess it's Minnie. <laughs> actually, are you a coach? No, I'm not a coach. I actually want to start coaching soon I, I definitely love the coach i love the game I, i'm everyone says i'm very anal i very i pay attention to detail a lot of that has to go with coach g too like i'm very i'm an x and o's kind of person like it's crazy and even even in the neighborhood i'll go to the park and i'm working out by myself and some kids were like can we work out with you i'm like of course like i would never say no because so many people said no to me and i know how that feels so like anyone wants to be trained anything like i'm, I'm here I'm, I'm here for the for anybody for real yeah, tomorrow, uh, going out to uh, BK Post, they're having a one-on-one -on -one basketball tournament. See who's the top girl in New York City. Nice. You know, so I definitely uh, want to be on hand uh, looking out to my guy, BG, you know, yeah. who run LES. He's nice. hosting it. Ooh. Yeah. Yeah. So what, what what's the pay scale like compared to the WNBA for players that's going overseas? What do you mean, like the the difference between WBA and the overseas? Yes. Um, honestly, I, I haven't played in WBA, but I played with WBA players. I played against WBA players, and the difference is is that you have less. I think it's harder overseas because you have more help here. Like you have the best girls in the world on one team, and sometimes you go to a club and it's local girls. You know, you got youth players on your team. You'll have college students on your team are good but they don't they're you know some of them are there to if you get in foul trouble someone gets in foul trouble who are there then you know that happens so i definitely think the the level of play can vary country to country opposed to wba you already know what kind of level of play you're gonna get um what you're expected of also is different between the wba and the um overseas you could be the last girl on the bench in the wba and if you're overseas you're the, you're the, you're the, you're the answer for that team you know what I mean? No one is a role player overseas. 
So I, I, the pace is a bit different, but I'm just okay. <laughs> Cool, cool. So now we want to get into the top high school player you played against, the top college player you played against, and the top pro you played against. Okay. Uh, the best high school player I played against was uh, Aisha Walker. It's a tie between Aisha Walker and Bria Hartley. Like, Aisha has a motor. Even when we play open runs now, like, her motor is the same. Like, she's on a hundred and – she's on a different gear. Like, she's in eighth gear and we're all in fifth gear. Like, it's, it's hard. And she's like that 40 minutes to game. So, it's hard to guard her. She's, she could shoot. She got to pull up. She dribbles. You know, she's very competitive. Bria Hartley's taller. Um, she, her skill set is very, you know, at a, at a different pace. And, you know, it's, it's definitely hard to stay with those two. In college, I played against uh, Taylor Mingle from Wright State. She actually got drafted, too, I believe. Um, mm -hmm. She was averaging – she left the NCAA in scoring, and I had to play against her in, in, uh, in the Horizon League. And our thing was she averaged 27. If we can just keep her to 23, we're happy. That's how good Ooh. she is. If we can keep her to 23, we can win. And that's exactly what we did. She had 20, and we won. So uh, that was that. kind of froze. And right. her style of speed is different. Like, you think you got her, and then she just goes into a different speed. Like, her stop is, like, stop and go is a talent. I think it's a talent. Like, if you can just slow and then get speed off or speed slow down go off a ball screen or just in the transition, it's hard to guard. And her speed is speed, and her slow up is slow. So... It's hard to stop that mid range. But I met my match. I met my match. I'm not gonna lie. I met my match for her, <laughs> for sure. And that was the pro. I didn't hear the pro because I think yeah, that was up. pro, Brittany Brown. Okay, She's okay, cool, cool. State. All right. So now, <laughs> Bria Hartley. I had a teammate on Katrina Plummer, who she was like Division two star, but. <laughs> She was on here for being a referee, female referee. Right. But also got into, you know, history and found out she was a ball player and Bria Hartley was her teammate. Um, still looking to connect and, and get Bria up here. But yeah, she was she was definitely a beast. Right. Yep. Yeah. All right. Hope this don't get you in trouble. Okay. <laughs> Top five ballers from Bertram. Okay, Piff, of course, number one. Um, Erica Morrow is my girl. I played against her overseas too. That's crazy. Um, who else? Uh, Shannon Bobbitt. Kia. Show legend. Yes. I got Kia. I, she was a senior when I was a freshman, and I mean her soft touch and her little handles at her size, and even now, like I, I played, I played with and against her still to this day, and she plays overseas and. Yeah, she's definitely a tough person to guard. So I got four. And then, okay, who did I say? Tiff, Erica, Shannon Bobbitt, Kia, and Shanae Williams. Got you. Yep. That works. That works. That works. I love you, Doris. Doris CC. I love y'all. Y'all see this? They're different, too. They're different. <laughs> That's real. That's real. So, last top five. Okay. Top five hip hop artists. Top five hip hop artists. Yes. Ooh, 
currently? Whatever. Top five, I got J. Cole, Fabulous, Jay-Z. No, not Jay-Z. Jay-Z, he's, he's, he's a great businessman, but he's not top five rapper. Sorry. So I got... Ooh, hold on, hold on. Hold on. <laughs> say that again. Say that again. Make some noise. Oh, my God. That's the blasphemous. He said not top rapper he's six. at all. He's six. He's six. I respect it, though. He's six. I got Fab, yeah. J. Cole. Drake is in there. His penmanship is crazy. Yeah. Um... Big Sean, Kanye. Nice, nice, nice. That's dope. That's dope right there. And that's a, that's a nice five right there. Yeah, I like J. Cole is my guy. Wow. <laughs> well, listen, I'm glad you came on the show. Yeah. I'm glad we got the chance to, you know, chop it up and hear your story. Um, I definitely uh, want you to reach out. Um, do you have on mind who you want to nominate? Yeah, um, Nicole Michael. She's from Queens. She's a standout uh, forward from Syracuse, played Euro Cup, Euro League overseas. Um, she recently retired. She's now a mom. You know, she's she just honestly, she helped me too, like with like the whole hoop thing. Like she helped me like get it. Like I played with her summer league tournament. I played with her with the guys. Like, you know, she she got it, definitely. And she's from Queens, you know, of course. <laughs> definitely, definitely. Always represent. Queens get the money for sure. So, my resident artist, Jamel Powell, he usually come on um, around this time, but he's still celebrating his graduation. Nice. Um, yeah, he's he's a Queens guy. He played for Jackson. Nice. He's a coach as well. See the artwork? Yeah. yeah. He does. Yeah. And that's a referee right there. Oh. That's a charge? A ref calling a charge. Yeah. There you go. <laughs> Look at that. Look at that. Look at that. Know your stuff. <laughs> yep. So... That's what we do. He already made that for you from last week. Really? Right? So once he sends me the picture of it, I'll send it to you. And then, you know, we'll deal with each other and give me an address and I'll send it out to you. Oh, thank you so much. That's so nice. Oh, melted my little heart. That's what we do. And listen, we family now because all my boys, you know, kind of raised you. So right small sure. world small world for sure thanks for having me i really enjoyed talking with you that's right all right chopping it up <laughs> yep yep and look anytime you know i'll be hitting you up like yo i i at least want to do a, a female you know once or twice a month you know because right. i do a show three days a week right so there's no reason why i shouldn't be doing once a week yeah, exactly. You know, I I invite some of the uh the girls who are playing right now, some of the high school girls to come on. Nice. You know, I I do a lot of the uh, fellows as well, so trying to balance it out. Yeah, yeah, balance out that title nine. <laughs> that's right. That's right. That's right. <laughs> so uh, you know, as well, if you want to cop the gear, this is what we have. You know, what I'm saying basketball heads. Yeah. So, okay. Definitely need the cop. Don't represent basketball. basketball. There you go. This is what we're doing. <laughs> right. So enjoy the rest of the evening, all right? Thank you so much. You too. Have a good one. Enjoy your Memorial Day weekend. Yes, yes. We'll do. All right. Bye-bye. Salute. Y'all better start recognizing. We have a lot of female ballers who are not getting the recognition they deserve. So here's a shout-out to all the female ballers. You want to come on the show, 
where the host is not dancing in the video, you know, all on the ad libs. Color basketball heads. We are the official home for New York City basketball. Peace.